0: Our vision is to inspire the world and remove limiting beliefs in your mind. At Sprinkle With Hope, our mission is to inspire you to live your best life by sharing stories of hope, resilience, courage, and overcoming adversity.
1: We believe that everyone has the potential to lead a joyful, fulfilling life and we hope to encourage and motivate you to pursue your dreams.
0: Welcome to the Sprinkle With Hope Podcast.
1: Welcome to your Sprinkle with Hope podcast and your host, Shane. And today, I'm super excited to have Lauren Sissler with with us. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hello, hello. It's great to be with you guys. I know we've been trying to get this on the schedule for several months now. Finally, football season wind down. Life (laughs) is slowing down a little bit, maybe. Um, But I so appreciate the opportunity to join you guys.
1: Yeah, so Lauren mentioned, um, I've actually seen her on the sidelines of college football for years. I, that is a passion of mine, college football. I, I think that's such a great thing to do. I mean, can you get us on the sideline?
2: <laughs> oh, that's like the million dollar question. I, you know, if I had a dollar for everybody to ask me that yeah. question, I'd be a rich woman. And then I could probably just pay for like everybody to be Every, on the field at all times, right?
1: Yeah. So what, what a great uh, opportunity you have to sit there watching college football, talking about it, talking to the Players and coaches, I just I admire you for that. Um, but I didn't know really quickly. Let me just give you a little bit of backstory for Lauren. Uh so she does that, but uh I think it's been 20 years. Um she tragically lost both of her parents very quickly, suddenly. And my first question for you, Lauren, is why are you opening up to be you know, you talk about embracing yourself and, and really being your story? So why? What made you choose to do that for you?
2: Well, I really appreciate that opportunity. I know going into this, you know, we're supposed to, you know, spread hope, right, and, and happiness. And 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 really, I have to say, despite the tragic circumstances of what happened almost 20 years ago, as you mentioned, March 20th of 2003, uh, I'm sorry, March 24th of 2003, uh, when both of my parents passed away tragically, uh, my parents were unfortunately dealing with um you know, chronic pain, and we're going to a pain management doctor. And so over the course of about three or four years, sort of their chronic pain escalated and they were taking a lot of prescription drugs, um, as prescribed to them by their pain management doctor. And unfortunately they became addicted to it and were misusing the prescription drugs, but it was something that was so hidden. And I think that's really what has called me to come out and be so outspoken about it, because I think that a lot of times throughout life and whether it's addiction, um, you know, everyone deals with shame, Everyone deals with shame. There is shame that is rooted inside of us as humans and whatever it is you're going through um, you know, whatever life circumstances have created that shame inside of you. And it, it sometimes can be so suffocating. And I felt like my parents really were uh you, you know became a product of that, you know, of that shame and they didn't want to speak out. And really then I inherited that shame. And then I didn't want to speak out on their behalf because I felt like their legacy was bound in my hands. And mm. so then I realized over the course of time and thankfully, you know, just with family and support and friends and realizing, okay, wait a sec, like You know, my parents aren't defined by how they died, but by how they lived their lives. And now I can use that same messaging and help people to get out of that, that, that trap that they feel bound to that shame that they might feel and say, Hey, you know, it's okay, we're all going through this. And I think that power of connection, right? Realizing, okay, she knows someone that that's dealing with this, he knows someone, everyone's going through something and it's on varying levels, but it's all equally as painful and can be all equally as shameful. And so really guys, that's my goal is to use my voice to help people to realize like we're in this together and we can all stand up and stand up against some of the stigmas that we feel society places on us and say, hey, it's okay, it's okay let's get help. Let's, let's find hope and recovery and use the resources that are out there for us.
0: Love it. Really, as you were talking, I was thinking about shame, you know, and there's a lot of things we could be shameful about, right? I mean, none of our past, you know, is like rainbows and sunshine all the time, right?
2: Nope, definitely not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What have you kind of seen that's that's helped you kind of overcome some of that shame? Is it the mindset? Is it You know, being around positive people, what are some of the tips or tricks that you've used to kind of overcome some of that shame that, that, uh, you know, was in your past?
2: Yeah, that's such a great question, Jason. You know, I think it's obviously a combination of a lot of things. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, it's it's that that healing process, right? You know, you have to go through a level of grief and then healing. But I mean, for many years, it was denial, right? And so mm-hmm. it almost took me to getting to the acceptance part to say, okay, wait, this is really what happened. And that's okay. And so really, I think it was that support system, having my mom's sister really kind of support me and just say, look, Lauren, like, you know, you can't influence the opinions of others, you necessarily, in most cases, and you can't change how your parents died. But again, they're not defined by how they died, but by how they lived. And I would say just over the course of time, it was a process because I think, you know, a lot of times as I'm telling the story, I'm speeding it up, right? Like in a minute, I'm telling the story in like a minute and people are like, well, wait a sec. Like that sounded easy. No, no, no. It's not always easy, but I do think it's really just focusing in on and saying, you know what, I'm feeling this inside of me because of whatever it is you're going through. And number one, um, I'm a very big advocate of going out and seeking help, professional help with a counselor, a therapist, someone that you can talk to that has that unbiased opinion and what's funny about that is I think a lot of times people say well you know I don't feel like I'm really dealing with anything or you know they've maybe bottled it up and you know I'll wake up and sometimes have my appointment and be like I've got nothing to talk about today and then I literally get in there and I have a million things to talk about right (laughs) and you find that it just sometimes takes like having conversations right so conversations to me are so important and i will say for me it started out in smaller groups um to where i was just speaking to you know maybe a friend someone that i trusted Uh, Because for seven years, really, even my best friend didn't know how my parents had passed away Mm -hmm. because I was so ashamed of it. And I mean, it's my best friend, right? Somebody I trust with all my being. And for some reason, I just could not have that full conversation and that full acceptance, but also because I hadn't accepted it myself. Mm -hmm. And so when I found that acceptance and said, you know, this is what it is, and then had those conversations. Um, And what's amazing about it is i i truly believe y'all that the truth will set you free. Yes. And when i started sharing the truth, people around me instead of me my fear was they were going to judge and they were going to think, "Oh wow, i can't believe, you know, your parents went through that. I can't believe, you know, what maybe you'll fall into those same addictive behaviors, maybe you're not qualified because we we manifest these things in our mind of what people are going to think, right? Mm. And in many ways, we're fearing, we're fearful of judgment and yet we're judging them before they've judged us, right? So- so cool. it kind of comes full circle and it's like, hold on a sec, like back up. And so when I actually started sharing my parents' story more openly, people were so loving and supportive. And, and in many ways, some of the people that knew my parents very well um, had always wondered like, you know, what happened, right? Because it's not something that gets announced. Like people don't, you know, there was, there was a couple of articles here and there, and we lived in a small town. So of course, rumors swirl, but I don't think people really had that closure. They didn't really know what had happened. And I think even 10 years later, when I actually started becoming very vocal about it and it started kind of catching on on social media and and obviously through news networks and whatnot, um, the response was resounding in many ways of like, you know, we loved your parents and we still love them the same. And I have peace now because I know what happened. And ultimately it's tragic because I wish we would have known in that time, maybe we could have done something to help them. But now I have peace and and, and I'm going through this thing. And now it gives me encouragement to say, I'm going to go help other people and maybe what they're going through. And so really it's support, you know, the support system, the acceptance obviously seeking professional help, but ultimately just having those small conversations because you just feel this level of freedom that um, is is truly special.
1: I love what you just said that, yeah, it was a tragic thing and you wish you could help them then, but I honestly believe you're helping spread their legacy by what you're doing right now to honor them and and share your message with everybody else. Um, And I just love how you said that. Uh, I think it was about a month ago. I saw something that you posted on social media that basically said something like, "What you go through, what you go through, doesn't define you. It's who you are and who you serve and who you reach out." I I absolutely love that message. Um, but, it, Lauren, let's say one of the listeners or somebody who, who's hearing this has gone through something and they they feel like, "Well, I I can't find help or." what would you say to them what would be maybe one small step that they could do to sort of get out of their rut
2: well and i think that's probably the biggest thing is first of all acknowledgement recognizing there's a problem right because a lot of times i mean we all we all have we all have some sort of ego and i kind of hate that word because ego can be kind of harsh but in many ways you know we we try to project who we are, and we try to project this persona and this presence, because again, we want to be accepted. And I feel like we all strive for acceptance. And for so many years, I strive for that. I still strive for acceptance, right? right? We all strive for acceptance, but I think the first step is recognizing, oh, you know, I've got a problem with this. And again, it may not be addiction with substances. I mean, their addiction comes in so many different shapes and sizes, whether it's a reliance on food, whether it's gambling, whether it's pornography, there are so many different things, but maybe, you know, you've been in a um, unhealthy marriage or an unhealthy relationship and allowed that to really tear you down. Maybe you've experienced an infidelity. Maybe you've experienced divorce. Maybe, you know, there's there's a gazillion different things. uh, gotten fired from a job. Maybe you weren't uh, you know, cut out for that job or you, you know, weren't, um, you know, necessarily, uh, you know, uh, putting forth your best effort because it wasn't a good fit for you. Right. And then you look back and you're like, wow, like, and then you sometimes allow that to manifest and you let that be a reflection of who you are. No, that's just a season of life. That's just an area where maybe you um, fell short on a couple things, or you made a decision that took you in a different direction than you expected. Uh, but, you know, we don't have that crystal ball that allows us to see that future. And so you can get really ground and, you know, just ground up by that, that that shame of, of whatever circumstances you're going through. And I think, um, you know, people can just, first of all, recognize it and say, okay, there's an issue here. And this is really getting me down. It's, it's, it's making it hard for me to get out of bed in the morning. And then it's taking that next step and saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to have that one conversation with my friend Shane. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share with him You know, I've kind of been dealing with this thing. I'd love maybe some advice or, you know, what your thoughts are. And then it's just having that one conversation then turns into two, can turn into 10, um, you know, or maybe it does just remain a small conversation, but it allows you to really take that internal stuff and get it out of you externally and say, Okay. And then, you know, ultimately, like I said, if you have uh, resources, whether it's, um, you know, someone, a professional to talk to, and especially if it does pertain to, you know, substances, wherever you live and wherever you are, there's a lot of great resources out there. And I'll just say this, it's not one size fits all, because I think a lot of people have this mindset of like, Okay, you know, you know, we'll just use, uh, su- you know, substance misuse as an, as an example, maybe you struggle with alcohol, maybe you drink too much alcohol, and it's become um, a part of your everyday life, and it's a struggle. Well, the automatic thought for most people is like, well, I'm just gonna have to go spend, you know, $30,000 to go to rehab for 30 days. And that people just think there's only one resource, right? There's only one way to do it, but it looks different for everybody. And I will tell you, mm-hmm. there are people that have found recovery, um, and just going to groups, going to help groups, going to, uh, AA meetings, going to, uh, you know, small groups in their church, whatever it is, um, that works for you. And I think that's where you can actually find resources, you know, um, you know, counselors or, uh, you know, people that can actually sort of guide you and say, you know what, you're dealing with this. I think this might be a good fit for you where you're at right now in your life. And so I just want to encourage people, because I think there's a fear in even just being told what the next steps are, because mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, well, then I have to commit to that. Right. right. <laughs> and really, again, it's not one size fits all. And I think sometimes it's baby steps, right? It's baby yep. steps getting there. And so just taking that first step, acknowledging it, and then finding that resource that can, you know, start to help you put pieces in place. And again, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. And that's how life is, right? It's it's a it's a marathon. And I think we all know that nothing um, happens overnight. And so, uh, it takes work and it takes dedication. But, but also, you can find so much happiness and joy on the other side if you can really work through some of those issues.
0: So great. So you're, you're speaking my language and I, I really like what you're talking about. Um, and one of the things that you've mentioned a couple times is this idea of manifesting things in our mind. And Shane and I have talked about just the power that we have in just the thoughts that we create uh, and what we think can manifest whatever it is that we are trying to do. If we're, if we're trying to be positive and I, I'm thinking about that, that's the, the, what I'm going to project on everybody, right. Is this positive, happy mm-hmm. attitude. How have you kind of seen that manifest in your life, that positive, happy energy, that kind of thing, um, as opposed to the, to the opposite and the power of the mind and, and being able to do that.
2: Yeah, man, I'll tell you that the mind can be a tricky thing, can it? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it can be a tricky thing. And I think it's, it's amazing because, you know, I think that, What's amazing about it is you can speak things into existence. So, for instance, when my parents passed away, you know, I was telling the sugar-coated story for so many years. Mom died of respiratory failure. Dad died of a heart attack because that sounded so much better than addiction or overdose. Right? right. And so I would tell this story and it was to the point I was not there that day. You know, I got the call from my father and then... um you know, later got home and and, and found out he had passed away too. I was not in the house. I was not there when everything transpired. So there's this big dark black hole that I had in my mind of like from point A to point B. And so there was all this opportunity for me to manifest and create these things and these visions of what I thought happened and how things were pieced together. And look, at the end of the day, we'll never truly know Uh, everything that transpired, you can never insert yourself into someone else's mind. I don't know what was going through my mom's mind. I don't know what was going through my dad's mind. But, you know, in my heart and knowing them as people, I truly believe that they had just fell victim to this addiction and were just being sucked into it and ravaged by it and doing everything they could to just get to the surface. And it was so hard for them. But all that to say is that it's amazing how my mind manifested these thoughts. And even, you know, when I went back to Rutgers, my gymnastics coach actually knew that my parents had died of overdoses. And she would hear me telling other people in the gym, you know, oh my, you know, I would just tap dance around it. And I would tell this story. And many years later, I asked her because I'm actually working on a book right now. Uh, uncovering a lot of things, which by the way is very healing. So even if you're not going to publish a book, journaling, learning, <laughs> getting stuff on paper is super helpful. Um, so another, you know, another tip there that can help. But. You know, I'd asked her, I said, you know, why did you never say anything like, and she said, because it wasn't my place to correct you, you know, for me to come Mm. and overhear you telling someone this and be like, well, no, that's not what happened to your parents. She didn't feel it was her place to tell me. And really my auntie Linda, my uncle Mike, like I said, really tried to tell me. But the problem was, is I kind of had deaf ears, you know, and I was, I would be so resistant. I would just fight, 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 shut the conversation down. And it got to the point where my aunt felt like, well, you know, I've got to love her and support her. I can't just keep shoving this truth in her face. She's going to have to be ready for it. And I think that's where the journey comes in that we all have to have like that opportunity. So with that being said our mind can play many, many games on us. And it's easy to manifest these things. And I think that's where, again, finding the truth, seeking out the truth. And again, it might not happen overnight, but finding out the truth and saying, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. Maybe this is why I'm dealing with some of these issues. Maybe my relationship with food or my relationship with money is a product of something I experienced as a child or when I was younger. Okay. How do I myself out of this, you know, and I think there's a lot of, um, great resources out there. Podcasts, obviously we're doing one right now. (laughs) Um, just people that you can listen to and get that sort of, you know, okay, I've got a bad relationship with this thing. How do I maybe change that mindset around that particular, um, item, you know, or that particular substance or that particular, thing um that I've got a relationship with. And then it's just sort of pulling layers back. And again, it's a process. And it's being okay with that process, not pushing yourself to say, well, this is my timeline. And by this point in time on, you know, this date on this year, you know, I've got to be at this point, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where people get really discouraged because they feel like, well, I should be healed by now. I should be further along than this. And then they get back into that rabbit hole of just uh, manifesting thoughts that, you know, shouldn't be there.
1: Yeah. That's what a great what a great thought. I've I've really really enjoyed this discussion. So near the end of the podcast Lauren we have what we call the double down dose. So I have a question and then Jason will finish.
2: Double down dose. Oh, fancy. <laughs> dose. Okay.
1: Really really simple questions on the surface but they are deep.
2: <laughs> okay. So, and Lauren... so is this supposed to be like rapid fire like am I supposed to answer them quickly?
1: Nope. you nope. can you Okay. We'll see how this plays out generally. As you can see, I'm very
2: thorough sometimes yeah. in like my yeah. responses. <laughs> <as> I talk. <laughs> Love it.
1: Lauren, the first question is how would you define hope?
2: Oh, mm. that's good. Defining hope. Hope is something to me that gives people reassurance that there is good on the other side. When mm. I think about hope, it is knowing and trusting and having faith that there is light at the end of the darkness. That to me is hope. So mm, love it. So, <laughs> I, so I don't think I've ever answered that question before. That's so good.
0: So the second I mean, I could have one... just
2: done a Google search and been like, okay,
0: definition <laughs> of love. Exactly. But, you know. So the second one's usually a little bit tougher. Um, and that is, what is your definition of love?
2: Ooh, my definition of love is my... Definitions are hard. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm not like, I I do obviously write some with, with, with my job, but you know, not an English major here. (laughs) Um, Definition of love is to me um, when you feel absolutely just uh, what's the word Um, when you feel fully supported, when you feel whole, and I think that a lot of times there's an emptiness that we can feel and an isolation and a separation. I think love to me is when those walls come in and you just feel that you've got this blanket that is just um, giving you sort of peace and and hope and love and really just brings you into this place where you feel this warmth, this, this ongoing warmth of whatever it is and whatever it is, you're looking for love, you know, and it can be from people, it can be from places, it can be from different things in your life. But to me, love is something that provides this warmth and really this feeling of um, taking care of being taken care of. And I think that's something that we probably feel a lot when we're younger, you know, and um, as as children, as we as we grow up. And kind of reflecting on that and knowing, okay, this is something that really gave me that love. And of course, you know, that's something I always felt for my parents. So I just think about like that, just, um, you know, how my parents were so loved, but also loved me so greatly and that unconditional love. And I think that's a key piece to it too. Unconditional love where no matter how bad you mess up, you're always going to know you're loved and supported. Uh, regardless of how uh, how many turns your life takes.
1: What a great thought. So Seriously, we we love asking those questions. So that's appreciate- deep. You weren't kidding. Yes. You weren't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so appreciate your time today. Um, best wishes to you, your family, your baby that's coming very soon. We'll watch for your book when that releases. Uh, we'll we'll yes. make sure and... Hopefully that's sooner than later, but we'll watch for that. And again, thank you so much for your time, Lauren.
2: Thank you guys, both uh, Shane and Jason. You guys were awesome. And uh, I just wish everybody out there all the best. Um, Stay happy, stay healthy and uh, sprinkle yourself with hope and love, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I like to ask just one last question, which is usually, is there any parting words that you'd like to leave with the audience? Something you feel inspired to? to share with them as they're listening to this episode that we haven't either talked about yet, or just any thoughts that you might have in closing here?
2: Well, I would say that my mantra and, and tagline is fall in love with your story. And that is one thing I encourage people to do all the time is no matter how many chapters, there is a book of life, right? And you're you're filling that book. You're continuing to write your story. And they're going to be beautiful chapters that make you laugh, that make you smile, that make you reflect. And then there's going to be those chapters where you're like, I'm going to rip this on out and <laughs> throw it in the trash. But you know what? That chapter is there and that is part of your story. And I encourage you to fall in love with every chapter of your story because it is beautiful and it truly is what shapes and molds us into who we are. And as a sports reporter, I have that opportunity to tell those stories of the athletes, the coaches, the fans, the community, and everybody around them. uh, Those stories that I truly believe can have a positive impact on everybody else's life. And without going through something without perseverance, I think sometimes it's hard to find that success. And I do truly believe that it takes us really going through things, going through challenges, going through failures to truly come back up and climb that ladder of success and find joy and gratitude. And so fall in love with your story and find joy and gratitude in every single chapter.
0: Love it. What a way to end. Thanks, Lauren.
2: Thank you.